0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, folks. Welcome to the Big Fly Pod with your co-host, Vinny D'Amato, KMA, CM, and T. Lou. Welcoming you into awards week, the NL and AL Rook of the Years have been announced in Corbin Carroll and Gunnar Henderson. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. We'll also go ahead and do our award picks, some of them more obvious than others, but others that might have intriguing conversations around uh, who are the best candidates uh, to receive the award. Finally, we're going to do... Uh, our Colorado Rockies 2024 outlook. Uh, they were ranked uh, second worst in the MLB power rankings this past uh, year or for for this upcoming 2024 season. And we'll go over their projected lineups, top prospects to watch, and CM's favorite part, which will be the free agent discussion. Uh, and I have a little little thing at the end that we'll talk about as well. But let's check in with the fellas. Let's start with Kame. Kame, how you doing?
1: Doing good, man. We talked last week. I was fighting a little cold. Um, we overcame it. KMA won. KMA won. Uh, KMA versus the cold. KMA was victorious. So uh, we're back. It's Monday. A little tired, but pushing through. Vinny, how was your Monday?
2: Monday was good. Um, not coming off the cold like, uh, like Kyle is, but, you know, worked my 9-5. My to five. I, I tutor after, after uh, work as well. So just a busy Monday, but, you know, I'm getting to dive into
0: some baseball tonight, so no complaints there shocker that you give back an absolute shocker i mean cm what about you cm i know you're off the camera right now so i know the the youtube folks will be uh very disappointed but just want to hear how you're doing
3: we're good i got to figure out this whole camera issue but i'll get that situated before next week
0: we will we will we will prevail well, boys, let's let's uh, let's talk uh, really quickly about the Rookie of the Year awards were announced. Uh, Corbin Carroll, out of the NL from the Diamondbacks, was your winner, along with the AL winner being Gunnar Henderson from the Orioles. Both 22 years old, both unanimous winners, receiving all 31st place votes on both their sides. Carroll had one of the greatest rookie seasons we've seen, with the first rookie ever to have. 25 or more home runs and 50 or more steals. He led the D-backs with 161 hits as well and was their first Rick of the year in D-backs history. Kodai Senga finished second along with James Altman finishing third with Carroll, guys. We saw it in the playoffs, but I think the tough part was of course this year, um, the D-backs obviously weren't a highlighted team. So a lot of people didn't get to see what Carroll did this year, but, uh, Let's start with you, Kame. You're, you know, seeing what Carroll did this year. Just your initial thoughts and where where you could potentially see him, or what can he become moving
1: forward. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. We saw it in the playoffs, right? I mean, the kid can ball, um, can hit tall, to all parts of the field. Um, has a good stroke to left, left center. Um, good speed, obviously. Premier base dealer. If we're talking just the month of April, it kind of looked like Altman was going to run, run away with it there for a little bit, didn't it? The way he started the season, sure uh, but. Did if we're talking about the overall body of work, you know, it was obvious that it was uh that it was Corbin Carroll going to take it away. Um like I said, it's a really good game. Good defensively too, covers a lot of ground out there in the outfield. So, can't say enough about his game and what he did in his first year and looking forward to what he can do going forward here um post rookie season. Absolutely. Now Talking about
0: Gunnar Henderson, he led all rookies with 28 home runs and 66 extra base hits. He beat out Cal Ripken Jr.'s record for most extra base hits by a rookie in O's history. He ended up with 82 RBIs and ranked first on the O's with 100 runs scored. Uh, the last rookie of the year for the O's was Greg Olson back in 1989, not the tight end. Uh, Tanner BB finished second in the standings, and then Tristan Casas finished third. The fantasy baseball gurus themselves cm and vinny i'll start with you vinny we saw this kid coming up through the ranks we saw we knew that the o's were um loaded in regards to their farm system and this kid did not disappoint yeah um you know
2: gunner obviously he like you said he was highly touted throughout his his rise of the minor leagues and when he came up he just exploded on the scene right um and it's good well i shouldn't say exploded because when he came up at the end of last year He struggled a little bit, but this year's first full season is when he obviously, like you said, you know, you read some of the stats, he put it all together. He ended with 28 home runs. You would have liked to see him hit better than the 255, but, um, you know, he's just, he's an elite um, bat any way you slice it. I'm really happy to see Bybee get into this as well. Um, Cleveland just is a pitching factory. I I don't know how they do it or where they find these guys, but, um, you know, they're just it's unbelievable what they can do. And then Casas, a a fan favorite in Boston. They seem to love this kid. they weirdo, a a premier first baseman of the future, like Freddie Freeman, 2.0. He's got massive, massive raw power. And you know, you only saw it in 24 home runs this year, but he's going to be a perennial 30 home run bat. And he's going to be on many MVP lists if, you know, he has anything to say about it over the next 10 years or so. So um, huge list, you know, lots of exciting guys on both sides and, Um, yeah, that's all I got for now.
0: CM, while I know Gunnar Henderson will be a Colorado Rocky in 2031, but just your thoughts on the the trajectory of where this kid can go.
3: I think he's in a really good spot right now being in a pretty young Orioles lineup and having the surrounding pieces there with him. Um, I know that they're really going to build around Adley Rutschman, but to keep him, keep Henderson involved in that lineup and be able to really just use those two guys as the core pieces of what they are looking like they're going to be building up, I think is going to be really good for them and especially really good for, for Gunnar Henderson. I mean, winning Rookie of the Year, you know, pretty much solidifies that you were worth all of the hype that you had and with him early on, it was a lot of talk about how everybody knew that he was going to be a special talent. Um, so for him to really fill the shoes that had been, been built or fit for him is I think a very good sign for what he can do in the future and what Baltimore has to look forward to with that.
0: Great breakdown. Fifth time in history that the MLB had both Rookie of the Year's uh, Year winners win unanimously. Uh, significance of winning this award. So both the D-backs and Orioles will receive an additional draft pick at the end of the first round. The new rules were implemented prior to the 2022 season. The rule only applies to teams that had their Rookie of the Year on the opening day roster. So that is very significant uh, seeing what you know, obviously, with the talent that's coming through the draft these days and what the coat when, when the COVID seasons, you know, uh, expanded a lot of their careers through uh, the college ranks. Now they're going to be looking at some of these guys to pick up in the first round and will be damn good picks as well. So, uh, congratulations to both Gunnar Henderson and Corbin Carroll. Now, looking at our award pick section, I'm, I'm going to kind of filter out and see how we want to. Navigate this conversation, but we'll start with the Manager of the Year, which will be announced uh Tuesday. So technically, if you're listening to this episode tomorrow or on Tuesday, the award will be announced that night. The for the NL, the coaches were Skip Schumacher of the Marlins, Craig council formerly for the Brewers, and Brian Snicker of the Braves. Skip Schumacher it was his first year as a manager. He led the Marlins to an 84 and 78 record and earned a wild card berth for their first postseason appearance since 2020 and their fourth appearance all-time. He increased their win total by 15 games from 2022. Boys, I felt like for Skip, if I'm looking at the top candidate, I'd put him above uh, Council and Snicker right now just because of the fact of not only did he obviously increase this win total, and and, uh, with really a ball club that was injury-riddled, Sandy Alcantara was not – the 2022 Cy Young uh, Sandy that we had or that they had so in my personal opinion I'm looking at Schumacher as as the winner of this Vinny what are your thoughts
2: well this is where we'll have our first disagreement this will be fun because I am actually going to say I think it should be Craig Council Um, nothing against Schumacher and and Snitker obviously well I'll start with Snitker just real quick because nothing on him but I feel like I could lead the Braves to a 95 win season, right? Like anyone with a pulse, I feel like can lead that team. I mean, no, again, probably not true, but they're just so wins, loaded. by the way,
0: but keep going. What, I'm sorry? 104 wins, but keep going. Right,
2: I know that, but like I could lead them to 90 wins is my point. It, you know, easy. And Tyler, maybe you would lead them to a 500 season if you're lucky. But um, <laughs> the reason I, I don't go with Schumacher, because it's it's neck and neck when you look at it, When I look at manager of the year, I think about expectations and you're right. Miami didn't really have very high expectations, but I also think like, you know, they finished with a negative 57 run differential. I don't think they played themselves into a playoff spot as much as the Cubs and the Padres kind of played themselves out of those final two. And so I think that's the reason why I lean counsel is because he just kind of was the consistent man. He, you know, I, I think their situation got kind of overshadowed by the early playoff exit. Um, so I don't want to let those last two, three or two games against the hot diamondbacks team kind of leave the sour taste. They ended with 92 wins and they navigated without, you know, Brandon Woodruff for basically most of the year. So as far as expectations goes, you know, they don't have a lot of offensive power. They don't have, you know, aces they just kind of have a good all-around team and um council i think brought out the best of it so we'll see but i'm i think it's going to be council am i
0: not it's so okay professional disagree menu. it's okay, okay to be okay Cammy, what okay about you, be man? wrong tyler
1: okay <laughs> what about you buddy i'm gonna agree with Tilu on this one um i have schumacher at the top of my list i think are really um, underrated or not talked about enough skill is first year's man- first year managers coming in having success um, like Schumacher did um, especially you know like we said the, the Marlins were not on anybody's radar going into the season and the way they were able to kind of navigate and sneak into the playoffs was a really really good accomplishment for them I think um, Benny you talked about how they had a negative run differential you know it looked ugly at times didn't always look pretty but hey wins are wins right that's all that matters at the end of the day and they were able to stack together wins and sneak into the playoffs So, I just think the success, like I said, as a first year manager, the way they're able to get in the playoffs, yes, they got knocked out by the Phillies um, pretty handily, but I still think you got to give the nod to him being a first year manager, just seeing the success that he had um, this season. CM, are we making the vote of Schumacher as an entire group, or are you going to go
0: with Snicker here?
3: Uh, Not going with Snit. I actually, I'm going to go with Council, like Vince. Uh, I think, you know, it's important to remember that these get voted on before the playoffs. So playoff performance doesn't really get factored into how um, the manager is seen for this award. But I think like what Vince said, you know, navigating without one of your main starting pitchers and sort of having to piecemeal a little bit of a staff together, having your all-star closer, Uh, be traded away in the middle of last year and um, having to utilize Devin Williams, who not really a true closer, but sort of put him into that role. And then on the offensive side of things, there's really nobody who stands out in that lineup, but putting everything together the way that council is able to put it together, I think is what is going to get him the nod for this award. Um, I also think it's kind of surprising that David Bell wasn't a candidate from the Reds to great point uh, to take this home. I think, you know, even though I think it it probably goes to council regardless, I think what David Bell was able to do with that group in Cincinnati was worthwhile to include him in this because kind of like what Vince touched on a little bit, I think Snicker, doing what he did it has kind of become the norm and what's been expected of that Braves crew. Um, but anyway, going back to the main main topic, council would be my pick for manager of the year for the National League.
2: Can I well, also and I point yeah, out no, go ahead, Sorry, real quick um, just about the – because you mentioned David Bell, and I think that's a great point. That, that team lost 100 games last year. And it used 65, I got the numbers right here, used 65 players um, and had rookie pitchers start 53 games. And for them to be two games out of the playoff, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. He should have been right there if he wasn't. So just wanted to throw that out there. Good, good,
0: good eye, Christian. Great breakdown, fellas. I mean, Craig Council, Vinny and I can agree on one thing. And we are very, very excited to see this man at the helm of the Cubs. He won the NL Central title for the third time in his tenure with Brewers, posted it. Like Vinny mentioned, a 92 and 70 record as he made the playoffs for the fifth time in his career as a manager. Snicker, uh, recorded their help record uh, the Braves' six straight NL East title. So, some qualified candidates there. Looking at the AL manager of the year choices, uh, the coaches of the list were Kevin Cash of the Rays, Bruce Bochy of the Rangers, and Brandon Hyde of the Orioles. I think this is another intriguing conversation, fellas, because we look at both uh Bochy and Hyde having uh, extremely uh, extremely good years but a guy like Kevin Cash with numerous injuries and the loss of Wander Franco uh he still led the Rays to their sixth consecutive winning season and fifth straight postseason berth with a 99 and 63 record i know that previous years do not matter but you still like to highlight the success of these guys Bruce Bochi of course returned for his first season uh as a manager uh since 2016 uh, he compiled a 90-72 and 72 record with the Rangers, of which, of course, led to their infamous uh, World Series championship. Uh, he was the perfect man for the job, winning his fourth World Series title. Um, of course, like I mentioned, this is supposed to go for more of the regular season. But talking about the playoff experience and, and expertise of Bochi obviously helped lead them to that championship. Finally, a guy like Brandon Hyde. Um, talk about a guy who stuck with it uh, from a 54 and 108 win record in 2019 to now 101 61 record in 2023. Uh, Hyde has been a part of one of the best transformations in the history of baseball. If we really look at it um, while their farm system is loaded, Hyde, you know, managed a very, very young ball club. And uh, luckily you had guys like Gunnar Henderson rookie of the year uh, and Adley Rutschman, uh who were able to lead that ball club. And, a, it, again it's a, it's a it's an interesting topic because obviously bochi did what he did Well we're not counting playoffs if we want to look directly at you know in season success, I think Brandon Hyde's the runaway winner unless anybody else here has uh, a thought there
1: agreed
2: yeah, hundred percent Brandon Hyde, you know, like you said, if we include playoffs, Bochi probably has a a, a say, but you like you said I mean and you, it, it, like you said, it helps to have guys like Gunner win the Rookie of the Year, but you don't have guys winning Rookie of the Year unless you have a terrific manager at the helm and to manage the youth movement movement that they've got going on over there. Plus the pitching, you know, they, they are missing a good pitcher, but he got everything out of Bradish and, and G Rod and, and even Dean Kramer, like he just he knew how to put it all together. So I, I think it's a runaway there. CMD agree as well.
3: And I would also agree. I think Brandon Hyde will be manager of the year for a lot of the points that you guys have already hit on, um, especially like the, what has been said about that pitching staff.
0: All right. Let's move on to the AL and NL Cy Young. We'll start with the NL. Blake Snow, the Padres, Zach gallon the D-backs, and Logan Webb of the Giants are the top three candidates. There's other names that people have still thrown out there, guys like Justin Steele, but... I think these are going to be the three candidates. Um, notes on each of them: Blake Snell had a fourteen nine record with one hundred and eighty innings pitch and would be front runner front runner in ERA of two point two five, and also a one eighty one batting average against. you second in strikeouts at two thirty four, only behind Strider's ridiculous number of two hundred and eighty one. But he did lead the league in walks, and would be the first Cy Young Award winner who led the league in walks since nineteen fifty nine. Zach Gallen. Most wins of the finalists was 17. He compiled 210 innings this year with 220 Ks and a 1.12 whip. Still high in those categories uh, across the ranks. Finally, Logan Webb, having had a really underrated season, obviously has been rewarded that with the candidacy for the Cy Young. He led the league in innings pitched at 216, also tied for the league lead in whip at 1.07 he ended with 11 and 13 record while the record doesn't show a success the Giants had a down year uh, but he ended with a 3.25 ERA at 194 Ks and it was CM's prediction uh, before the year started to win the Cy Young so CM I did want to give you a shout out for that fellas this is a difficult one because of the fact of Blake Snell's uh, league leading in walks, or le- being the league leader in walks, excuse me. Do you guys foresee the MLB and uh, in the in, in the in the, in the the individuals that are picking these winners, do you see that being as much of an issue with the stat line that he has on the, in the other stat categories, or do you see um, maybe Zach Allen or Logan Webb sneaking through and winning this? Let's start with uh, CM. What do you think?
3: I think this award really just boils down to ERA and strikeouts. So I don't think, um, you know, even though I would love to say that I'm sticking with my guns with Logan Webb from all the way back in March when we made our preseason predictions, I think that Snell posting a a very, very good ERA and a very high strikeout number um, is what's going to be, what gets the job done because walks really only matter if you're giving up runs, but if you're able to keep that ERA down and not let those walks score, um, you know, I think it it works out in, in his favor.
0: We talked about him as a, as a, with his free agent candidacy and, and what he can be towards teams. Now the Cy Young thing is great, but for the future, you know, can we see him, being able to sustain something like this or improve upon it, because if he's able to improve upon it, you're going to get one of the probably one of the better pitchers of this generation. If he's able to really figure it out because he's been so good for so long, but that has hindered him uh, in the long run. So interested to see what he uh, gets in free agency. Vinny came any uh, any difference, any difference in opinion there
1: or what are your thoughts? I'm going to agree with CM. I think the award is a ERA and strikeouts award very much. So um, also in the league low in hits per game, 5.8 hits per game was the lowest in the majors. So I think that matters a lot as well. Yes. He walked a lot of guys, but you know, he was able to kind of work around that and uh, you know, really kind of limit the damage when he could. Um, Zach Allen, obviously a great year. If it was a pre all-star break award, definitely go to Zach Allen struggle a little bit down the stretch there. Post all-star break. Um, but if we're talking overall body work, I agree with CM. Um, I think it's Blake Snell. I, I will try to play devil's advocate here because while, while
2: I don't think that CM that you're wrong, that it's ERA and strikeouts, I'm hoping that the committee or whoever does vote on this is able to look past it because I really do think Logan Webb deserves this award. And, you know, I can talk about the walks, you know, I can tell you that Blake Snell walked five guys per nine, which is just, you know, it's just not good. And yeah, he, he keeps them off the, um, you know, keeps them from scoring better than anyone, but his, and you know, this is where I'm not sure, you know, it's a results game, but at the same time Snell also has the worst expected ERA out of this whole group. I think maybe he was just, it's a combination of good luck and having a good defense behind you, you know, Logan Webb, the giants have, I think it's the worst defense or the second worst defense in the major leagues. He had a sub three FIP, which is um, fielding independent pitching. So essentially how well did the pitcher perform outside of run metric, outside of park metrics, defensive metrics, like the things that he can control, how well did he perform? And he has the best FIP and X FIP out of this entire group. And he threw for the most innings, you know, he threw for 216 innings, which you know he's a workhorse. So, uh, the the other thing that I will say about Snell is the thing that bothers me is he went into the seventh inning one time this entire year, um, and that was when he had the no hitter going. Um, I just, you know, it's hard to to fathom for me a guy who who can only throw six max, and I think most of the time he threw five. I just can't imagine him winning the Cy Young, walking as many guys as he did. I won't be shocked, right? Two two five ERA and second most strikeouts they speak for themselves, but I think Logan Webb is the best pitcher. And I hope that, you know, I hope that the committee will see that as well.
0: It brings up an interesting topic that we can discuss in the future where, what is the league going to start to value right in these a- analytics that have really come into the fold as we've seen in, in these different uh, variances of it. So, you know, will this will be an indicator as to what it's going to look like for the future. And I'm excited to see what that looks like. Uh, great breakdown, guys. Uh, let's let's roll into the uh, AL Cy Young, excuse me, where I don't know if we really have to go in depth on this. Uh, it's Garrett Cole, Luis Castillo, and Kevin Gosman who are the candidates, but I would probably predict that all of us would go with Garrett Cole. 15-4 record, over 28 starts, led all pitchers with a 2.63 ERA, also led the league in innings of 209, whip at uh, 0.98, and quality starts at
1: 24. Does anybody disagree? No. Uh, two-time runner-up. This is the year that he finally um, wins that award. Yeah, I, I agree. did not.
2: Props to Sonny Gray and Kevin Gossman for getting in, but I think it's Cole's.
0: See him? Uh, yeah, it's Garrett Cole for sure. Well, that was quick. All right, let's talk about MVP. Uh this should be quick as well. Uh I am going to say for the group it's Ronald Acuña Jr., first player ever with a 40-70 season, had a 3.37 average and also led the league in runs scored at 149, on-base percentage at 416, OPS at 1012, hits at 217 and led the league in ABs as well.
1: Any argument there? No, I just want to point out, I just want to point out so the MVP finalists and the Cy Young finalists in the NL all from the NL West, which is kind of crazy.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Mookie, Betts It was also Betts. Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts uh, as the candidates as I well. Mean, I mean, you mention.
0: could
2: say two teams, yeah. The, you know, and then you have Seeger and Simeon, right? type one team. So you got four
0: teams out of the six guys. That's pretty cool. Yeah, interesting. It is wild. CM, I can't see you, so I just got to... Oh, no. To I said,
3: yeah, no, it's... I, I agree with
0: your... <laughs> With your prediction. Wow. Wow. When I get I get that token of support from CM, I'm having a good night. Let's suck AL. Otani. Whatever this man wants this offseason, blank check-in, whatever he wants. He led the uh, AL in home runs at 44. OBP at 412. Slugging at 654, an OPS of 1066. Seeger did league. Did lead the AL in doubles at forty-two, and Semyon led with one hundred and eighty-five hits. But as an overall group, we're all going to say Otani, right?
2: Yes. Yeah, not particularly close. Not even. It's close. unfortunate.
3: Yep. I don't think anybody else will win it for probably
2: as long as he's in the American League. Would a National League? switch make it interesting if he signs Him with the Coon, say yeah. the cubs <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's, that's just it. my my fangirl coming out
0: <laughs> well, Show hey come to the cubs you know what show hey maybe to the rocks let's talk the rockies fellas Ooh. let's talk big storylines going into the season cm's team the guy's been wanting to talk about it all day long if he had his Camera working, and if his IT company could figure it out, golly, this guy would be fired up right now. Let's talk about your Colorado Rockies uh, and the storylines surrounding the team. Let's start with Chris Bryant, who might not be able to play over twenty games. Christian, what are your thoughts there?
3: Yeah, it's awesome. You got you you take all your eggs and put them in one basket, with not ever wanting to sign anybody to a big deal and then giving your franchise player a huge extension only to trade him and then pay for the Cardinals to take him from you a couple years later. And then you sign a broken scrub player who had one good year when he was a rookie. And then that is what everybody wanted to shape his whole career based off was his rookie year in Chicago and then comes here to collect a paycheck and basically do absolutely nothing. Um, I don't know what, what the plan's going to be with Chris Bryant. I mean, he's not going to play third base. He can't play in the outfield because he'll get hurt too easy. You can put him at first base. Um, and let him play over there. But as soon as he has a streak where he goes four games in a row without a hit, he's going to end up on the IL for 30 days or 60 days. So I I think that there's, I I wish, I wish you could just go back and redo the deal and they should have learned from Ian Desmond, but they decided to do the same thing with Chris Bryant, who, I I don't I don't know what is going to happen with him next year and where he's gonna play. Um if it's not at first because it won't be DH either.
2: I I do see him starting. I, my projected lineup is him at first base. Yeah. I think that makes the yeah. most no sense.
0: CM, unfortunately, you are right, uh, hasn't played over 100 games since 2021, which was when he was with the Cubs and the Giants that year. Since then, 93, 51, 42 games in 2022 and only 80 games in 2023. I feel for you, man, when he had left um, and was traded, I have to be honest, that I wasn't too concerned just because what you saw after the World Series year and maybe you know how this guy was gonna project for years to come uh he signed a se- uh, a seven-year 182 million dollar contract back in 2022 so i mean if you're if you're hoping for one thing and, and as a as a you know a fan of him for for the years and obviously what he did for the city of chicago i i really am hoping that he turns it around because it has been extremely sad to watch um Looking at the 2024 projected lineup, uh, per a couple of reports that I saw Charlie Blackman and right, Ezekiel Tovar, a uh, very nice shortstop that you guys have, uh, in, in the two hole, Nolan, jo- Nolan Jones, who can hit some absolute nukes, and uh, we saw that there in uh, the 2023 campaign in left field, Chris Bryant, CM's favorite player batting fourth at first base, Elias Diaz at catcher, Ryan McMahon at third base, a really, really nice third baseman. Um, I'm going to, I'm absolutely going to butcher this guy's name. uh, CM. Is it Ellie Huris Montero? Uh,
3: That was pretty close. Elarus Montero.
0: Okay. He's at the DH. Brendan Rogers at second base. Hopefully he does not have a injury riddled uh, season like he did last year. And then the unbelievably uh, talented center fielder, Brenton Doyle uh, rounding it out in the nine hole CM. I, I, I know we're going to have K and Vinny jump in here on a couple of things, but if you're looking at that lineup, what has to go right with that lineup, obviously not just the general, we got to hit and do these types of things, but what specifically through that lineup do you think is the most important for them to at least have somewhat of successful 2024 campaign?
3: I mean, it's just going to be consistency really is, What it's going to boil down to, I think once it gets to opening day, I I think Blackman's probably going to end up sliding into the DH spot. And then you're going to see another young guy um, like Sean Bouchard or Michael Toglia probably playing in the outfield instead of Blackman um, just for – I mean, to use the basketball term for load management purposes – and just making sure that that Blackman can play every day because that's the most consistent guy in the lineup, and it has been for years. Um, I think, you know, McMahon had a little bit of a hiccup this past season, but he's by far and away the best bat in that lineup. And so really all it boils down to in in the batting lineup and offensively is going to be making, Being able to maintain a consistent basis of putting up, you know, three, four runs every at least three or four times a week, not, you know, going on runs where they're putting up five, six, seven, and then not being able to get, you know, more than one or two in a game. It's got to come down to everybody, all nine guys that are in the batting order being able to hit you know, up around I mean, even if they can just maintain a two two twenty, two thirty average for most of them and have like a team batting average around two forty would be, I think, good for them.
0: Nice. K May or Vinny, one of the two, in your opinion, which position do you think they need to find a
1: free agent for? Uh, I'll jump in there. I think their biggest, I mean, downfall, I mean, CM jump in if you'd like, but their biggest downfall over the last few years has been pitching. Right. So, I mean, they had like their team ERA was over five, I think last year. So definitely need some pitching help. Um, I know we're going to talk about potential free agent fits. I'm not saying this is likely, but I'm saying it would be a really good fit. Um, here it would be Jordan Montgomery, really high ground ball rate. Um, as a starting pitcher and pitching at Coors field, obviously you need to keep the ball on the ground and out of the air. So, I mean, that would be an intriguing fit. I don't think they're going to open the pay, the open up the checkbook and write in the check. um, But that would be an intriguing fit for me. But if you can just plug some holes in that pitching rotation and SCM said, find some consistency in that lineup, you at least have a little bit of hope. um, Something going into 2024 to kind of look forward to and watch them on TV every night. Vinny, what about you? Yeah. I mean, Kyle took the
2: words out of my mouth. They need pitching. I mean, when your starting pitchers are. Kyle Freeland, Austin Gomer, Ryan Feltner, Peter Lambert, and Chase Anderson. Like, that's just not a rotation. You know, even though you're in Coors, that's just not a rotation that screams anything good is going to happen. And it's too bad for Herman Marquez, too. You know, I I really was a big fan of him. I think he's been underrated being in Coors. I think he's a much better pitcher than um, his numbers have kind of shown. You know, I think they're a little inflated. But, you know, offensively, it seems like they're – if they can stay healthy, that's the big – you know, the big, um, what's the word, you know, caveat. That's, that's what I'm thinking of. If they can stay healthy, they don't have a terrible offense. You know, like you said, Blackman and right, Nolan Jones, he, he looks like the real deal. I mean, he's excellent. I'm a big fan of what Nolan Jones can do. And Brenton Doyle, obviously center field defense first, but he brings what you need. And then you had, you know, Elias Diaz was an all-star for you last year. He was one of the best bats that you guys had. I think Ryan McMahon bounced back. Ezekiel Tovar, excuse me, he's only going to get better as he gets older. He's also defensively just outstanding. So they have some pieces. Um, I was never a big fan of Brendan Rodgers either. Um, so I hope that he can prove me wrong. I don't think he's got a lot of pop in his bat and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think he's attempted a stolen base in his career, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, so I hope that, uh, that he can Rogers or Doyle Rogers, Brendan Rogers. And because <laughs> I was listening to some create, like, I believe like, I want to say Daniel Vogelbach has an attempted steal in his career. And, and Brendan Donovan is, <laughs> I could be wrong about Vogelbach, but pretty much everyone in the MLB who has ever played in the MLB has had an attempted steal. And I don't know if that's to try to keep Rogers healthy, but um, yeah, he, you know, he's just got a, kind of get back to the things that made him a a top prospect um so you know they have offensive pieces but they they have zero pitching and zero depth um and they just you know staying healthy and and pitching and hopefully they can win more than they won 59 games last year that was third worst in the league so they they really don't have much else to go than much anywhere else to go but up hopefully right
0: Hopefully, fingers crossed. Hopefully, hopefully for CM because uh, we can tell by his uh, his tone that he needs it.
2: CM and his cold expression, his facial expression.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just. <laughs> <laughs> this is so funny. I, I actually, I, I am sort of enjoying this, but I also hope, hope by next week that he has it all, uh, has it all together. So that'd be good. Um, CM, I mean, from the starting rotation side of things, did any of those names at least? impress you last year in any way or do you want to see an overhaul regarding their rotation
3: I mean nobody impressed really but it's kind of hard to do when a couple you know two of your top three guys are out for a lot of the season Marquez not being available hurt obviously Sensatella being out for a majority of the season even though You know, he's he's not a head turner by any means, but having those two not healthy wasn't good. Having to piece together with, you know, like Chris Flexen and Urena and um, a couple other just spot guys here and there made it it challenging. But I've always been really high on Kyle Freeland. Um, I've always been really high on Marquez, and I think both of them – Together at the top of, of the staff, there's potential that's going to be there. Um, you know, Gomber, I'm not real keen on, uh, but I do like that Ryan Feltner kid a lot, and I think he is sort of with as he gets more big league experience, is kind of starting to figure it out, um, pretty well. But he, I mean, he was another one who was out for a while after. He got hit with that line drive uh, in July or August. I don't remember exactly when, but um, but it's just it's tough with their pitching. I mean, they do so bad at at developing it in the minor leagues, and it's it's hard to get anybody to want to come and pitch here. Um, So they they've got to figure it out somehow, somewhere. But hopefully, Freeland and Marquez can have a productive and solid year
0: for them. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the farm system. Uh, Some top prospects to watch Uh, as CM alluded to in his text. uh, He said, Veen uh, as the only prospect to watch, but there seems to be some other names as well. Veen specifically is the number five overall prospect ranked number 92. Overall, he was ranked much higher as the number one overall prospect for the Rockies before a wrist surgery. Uh, basically ended his 2023 campaign he was in double a hartford this past season but in 2022 he showcased a 245 343 84 slash line that included 12 bombs and 67 rbis in 126 games cm this kid seems to have a little bit of that flash uh he's got it seems like he's got a little bit of that it factor i've seen it with his confidence and and what he's shown um you know when he was in some of the uh, future stars games and what I've seen. Otherwise, he seems like a a really talented kid. Um, And you got a couple other guys as well that we'll talk about here in a sec, but what is your overall impression so far of I
3: think he, I mean, he, he's kind of a Corbin Carroll ish type of guy Um, has the bat, has the speed good in the outfield. I think that they're probably going to let him continue to get, as many as many in-game reps as possible in the minors until blackman decides to move on and whenever that day comes i think is probably going to be you know he's the immediate plug and replacement there um but he's definitely from everything i mean i started watching him a bit when he was in high school and thought that he he was gonna be you know a guy with whoever whoever he wound up with professionally. Um, So for it to be with the Rockies, I think, you know, he'll be a guy who can come in and get plugged into the top of the lineup and immediately just run with it from there.
0: Blackman's last year of his deal is going to be uh, this 2024 campaign. He'll be a free agent in 2025. And it looks like Zach Fien, they're saying on MLB.com, his you know, ETA is 2024, so I'd uh, more expect a September call up for him, but that spot is open for him in 2025. A um, couple other prospects to discuss. Uh, I'm going to screw up this guy's name. Uh, CM, is it a, 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 Dale, a Dale Amador? Adele, I should Adele. not be leading this podcast with some of these names that I have to discuss. He seems like a talented guy. He's now the number one overall prospect uh, in the Rockies farm system. He excelled through the minors from rookie ball, the double A. He was actually back and forth between rookie ball and high A before this last season, had a 287, 380 and 495 slash line. Um, one of My favorite college baseball players that I've ever seen, Jordan Beck out of Tennessee. He spent half the year in high A and the other in double A. He's not a guy you're going to look towards for uh, average per se. Um, He did have a 271, 364, 503 slash line, 126 games. uh, But he did hit 25 home runs, had 122 hits, 91 RBIs, and showcased 34 doubles as well. Finally, of course, you have Chase Dolander, also out of the University of Tennessee, a right-handed arm uh, that was uh, pumping 95, 96, I even saw 98 at certain points. Um, he was, I think, CM shut down for the year, not necessarily injury concern, but just because of the workload that he had. But any of those names really popping off for you? And then Vinny and KML I'll get your takes after as well.
3: Uh, Beck is a good one, I think, too, um, who's going to be another guy that can kind of rise up and and become a you know if it's going to be an everyday player that'd be great but i think just a consistent bat to have off the bench for a little bit in that lineup um is a good one and then i'll let Vinny and k may go and then i've got another prospect to throw out at you um after they they throw their thoughts in
0: may any thoughts
1: yeah, just a quick kind of general observation here. Um, just looking at Lv.com, a lot of their top prospects, their ETAs according to Lv.com is like 2025. So there could be a path, you know, to, to success in 2025 with this new core coming up, you know, possibly you no know, another year of quote unquote rebuilding in 2024. Uh, but if these guys, you know, pan out and can do something in the majors, there's a there's definitely a path to having this core come up and, you know, potentially be successful in the bigs in a couple of years here. So something to kind of keep it, keep an eye on and kind of look out for um, as far as this organization goes. Five top guys in the top 100.
0: So that's, yeah, that's pretty legit. And looking at their payroll, uh, Blackman, like I mentioned, comes off the books. Daniel Bard and Elias Diaz. Diaz is a guy that I'd like to see them keep for the long haul. I think he's a really, really nice player to have. Um, but otherwise than that, pretty much all pre-arb guys or, you know, some of their major deals that they're going to regret, but, uh, Vinny, anything else to add in there? Yeah. I liked, um, CM's comp from Zach
2: Veen to, to Corbin Carroll. Uh, I think Veen's still got a lot of projection left. He's still pretty lanky. Um, and he's clearly got the speed and the, the, you know, potential pop to, to make a type of jump like Corbin Carroll did. I mean, he only stole 22 bases this year in 46 games only, right? Like, and he stole 55 last year in 126. So he's got the speed to be, you know, a a great top of the order kind of guy for them. And I really do think um, Adele Amador and Yankel Fernandez are going to be a future two cornerstones for this team. Um, Amador hits the ball extremely hard and so does Fernandez. So if you have Zach Veen and... Um, you know, followed up by Amador, Fernandez, Nolan Jones, um, and also Tovar at the top of that order. That could be a pretty scary um, lineup in a few years, but it's going to take time. So I think they're just being patient with it, trying to develop the guys as as much as they can um, to their best of their ability. And, you know, they've had some success. You know, we like to look something, you know, as we watch prospects grow, you know, you tend to look at organizational trends. Like if you have a pitcher coming out of Cleveland or Tampa Bay, chances are they got a good shot at making something you know making a good run in the the MLB and I think you know as much as Christian hates Colorado right now they have put together some good offensive talent I think over the last few years and you know so I wouldn't doubt them you know with with the talent that they have but it's just going to take like Kyle said probably till 2024 2025 for them to really start having any sort of impact at all
0: yep CM we'll let you uh Give your last uh, prospect here and then give your give us a free agent that you would love to see them pick up um, that would be a good fit for the 2024 campaign.
3: Yeah, well, there's one prospect in the system who I'm actually intrigued by um, a lot who probably isn't talked about too much just yet. And this one I just thought would be interesting for the three of you guys because um, he went to Viator out close to you is jack mahoney who um played his college ball at at south carolina and was a two-way guy and i think they drafted him to be a pitcher he you know i it's not worth anybody's time to get excited over a pitcher in the rockies farm system because most of the time any of the highly touted guys don't make it through um, and that, I mean, that's just the unfortunate reality, but Mahoney's a dude who he missed a year in college with an injury, came back, was super dominant, uh, really good, you know, really good off speed stuff. I think his slider was one of the best in college a couple years ago. And I think you know, needing to figure out a, a big part of the back half of the bullpen, um, having him come up through the ranks could be a a guy who sort of comes out of nowhere so to speak but i just thought i would throw his name with you three being all from that neck of the woods in illinois and tossing that one out at you um but moving on i was trying to look through all the free agents and find somebody that i think might be a fit who would actually make sense came out like the Jordan Montgomery one and thing. But like you said, I don't think that with what he did for himself last year to be able to command, I don't think that the Rockies will be able to shell that out um, and pay that. So I really don't know who, who is on the market right now. That would be just a realistic fit here. Um, Well,
0: like what every... I mean, I would think DH, right? Don't you think that would be something? I mean, is is that kid that uh, that I completely butchers his name? Is he even uh, Montero? Is he was he a qual you know a quality bat for you guys, or do you think you're going to need to get a, a vet out of the free agency class? Uh,
3: Montero's good, I think. I mean, you could pull in a vet, and it would be great. Um, the one name that kind of stood out a little bit was Alex Wood, who. Uh, pitched with the Giants last year, and I thought maybe could be an interesting fill-in here. Um, I, I don't know what the thought process would be uh, if they throw another lefty into the mix, but um, you know he, he could be a guy who they decide to sign and just add into the starting rotation.
1: Hey, I man, what about yourself? What do you think would be a good ad for the Rocks this season? I do like that Alex Wood pick. That's kind of a sleeper, low-key, older guy. Wouldn't command a lot of money. Um, that'd be a solid little pickup, I think. Have like a nice little veteran arm in that rotation. Um, how about Adam Frazier? A um, little bit of middle infield depth. Obviously not, not as big of a bad as it was a couple of years ago, but certainly can add some depth. Adds a veteran presence to that um, to that dugout. I guess they'll have for, hits, for, hit, hit for some power. Um, could definitely hit some home runs there in, in uh, Coors Field. So, intriguing fit there. Wouldn't command a lot of money. Might be a potential, potential little snag there for the Rocks. Vinny, round us out. Who do you think?
2: I am going to go with someone that I think most people wouldn't expect. And I'm not even sure if, if it's even on the radar, but I would love to see Lucas Giolito make a, a trip to Colorado because, you know, I think that they need an innings eater, you know, it doesn't make sense to bring in, you know, a bona fide ace like an Aaron Noah or Blake Snell. But if you buy Lucas Gilito on a one or two year, you know, bounce back, show me what you got. I think he'd be, you know, he's looking for that kind of contract right now. And, um, you know, that's, I think, their biggest hole. So if you can do that, I think they could take, you know. I don't want to compare them, but I think they could take a, you know, Chicago Cubs-esque step forward, right? When you sign a guy like Bellinger to approve a deal and then they go out and prove it, maybe they sign a one or two of those guys and those guys go out and prove it. And then some of their youth comes up and prove, you know, Tovar I think is going to start proving some people, um, not wrong, but he's going to show people what he's really made of. And Nolan Jones, obviously. So they have the talent, I think, offensively to, you know, make some people excited, but till they add a guy who can eat some innings and, and show them, Hey, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a SP two here, um, which I think can be G They're, they're going to be bottom of the of the NL.
0: Yeah. Got two. I had two in, in mind, um, you know, thinking about if they wanted to shift Blackman to the DH position, I like Jock Peterson. He's uh, primarily a left left fielder but maybe you can shift things around there uh just bringing some pop in the lineup and then another guy of course uh would be jd martinez uh 36 years old 3.1 war uh this past year and just a a guy that you bring in there that you know you're gonna get it's gonna be a wonderful addition to the clubhouse and a guy that has proven himself you know even you go into the dodgers and working probably with the right organization for the way he works, getting himself back into uh, J.D. Martinez-esque uh, ways with the way he approached uh, you know, his offensive campaign there in this past year. I think that would be a really nice add, even a guy like Corey Soler. But I hope Soler's on the Cubs. Um, last thing to add, CM, uh, not to just dwindle anything else that we just discussed, um, they're still paying Nolan Arenado $5 million a year until 2026.
2: Yeah, I know. Just want to add that in there, boys. I I was really <laughs> hoping to see an infield of Nolan and and um, Trevor Story for a long time, and that's that's too bad. I would have loved to see him was on the left side of the infield, but
3: yeah, oh, it would have been that with McMahon at second.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Hey, boys, can we finish off with some breaking news. Uh oh, I just gotta Are you uh. MLB yeah, notification: ahead. Brewers finalizing finalizing plans to make Pat Murphy their new manager. Who the bleep is Pat Murphy? Anybody know? Bench coach for the Brewers this past year or past no, he's, season. He was bench coach. A, okay.
0: Yeah, he was Council's right hand man, and everybody kind of wanted him to uh, come over to Chicago with with Council. But um, really, really well liked guy, and honestly, if. Council's not there. The past couple of years, he's probably in that spot because he's uh, that well liked in the organization. Um, the only reason I know his name is because literally it's just been rumor mill after rumor mill last week, and Pat Murphy was a name that was popping up for the bench coach role. So, it, we, people people thought that that was probably going to be the case, just because if the Brewers are going into a little bit of a rebuild, they can you know have somebody who's familiar with the organization that can kind of run through what's going on. Which I'm still shocked to even think that they might even do some form of a rebuild, but. Murphy is a really, really solid hire. And um, I I mean, I think they're going to be just fine. So nice. Yeah. David Ross. I would have loved to see the
2: David
1: Ross, Craig Council. I was, I was saying the same thing. That would have been, been, that would have been an intriguing kind of Mm storyline. This league would have been, that would have been the title. (laughs) Those games, like,
2: if those if those two teams are fighting for a playoff spot at the end of the year, who doesn't want to see that? You know that that's fun it's baseball, right
0: record, there. man. Oh my gosh. Well, boys, this was a lot of fun. Um, CM, there there is a bright future ahead, and we're all here for you. All right.
3: Yep, we'll it's see a, when it happens.
2: You might feel a little better once we do the White Sox podcast
1: and we, <laughs> we keep on Kyle's team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let me get started. I could go for hours on the White Sox. <laughs> Tune in for that one. That one might be coming in really,
0: really soon. <laughs> very, very, soon. <laughs> very, very soon. Well, boys, this, is, uh, this has been a lot of fun. And, folks, this has been another edition of the Big Fly Pod. And uh, we'll talk to you again here soon.